The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay, I'm going to start today and tell you all a story about something I did last night. And I have never laughed so hard in my entire life. I, you know how they have the TikTok that where you, it says like, who's your celebrity doppelganger? And then you, you press a button and then they, the the celebrity doppelganger shows up. Um, I pushed it and my celebrity doppelganger is, um, is Morgan Freeman. So I guess like I look, it's like a side to side and it flashes all these faces. And of course, in the beginning of like the, the when they I did it, I'm like, for sure, I'm going to get like Sharon Stone or like, you know, like somebody really good and it flashes all these people. And then I got Morgan Freeman. So I'm just going to start out the show by saying that I now know who my celebrity doppelganger is and it happens to be Morgan Freeman. So Yeah, I never knew that about myself, but now I know who my twin is. Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Today, I am actually interviewing a woman that I found on social media, and we're trying to figure out how, like, if she followed me and listens to the podcast. And then one day, and then I started following her and she, she posted something that we're going to kind of talk about that touched my heart. And I knew right away that sometimes I meet my guests in the craziest ways and, um, social media might be one or just from somebody else or, but I knew I had to talk to this lady. So her name is Michelle Leopold and we are doing this episode in honor of her son, Trevor. So hello, Michelle. Hi, Megan. And I think that you and Morgan are connected because of your excellent narrating ability. You know you, how- think that, you think that's why? I thought it was because we look exactly alike. Not two. That totally <laughs> true. But yeah, yeah. It's- I've gotten that before. I've gotten Morgan Freeman multiple times in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so nice to meet you. Um, I know that this must be a hard topic to talk about. But when, uh, and obviously we'll get into Trevor and his story, 
Um, but there's just th- certain topics that I find that I'm drawn to. And one of them happens to be homelessness and the homeless epidemic and why people find themselves homeless and um, or addicted to drugs and how this is an epidemic, especially in our youth in this country. And so we're going to talk about Trevor and and his story and what he went through and what you went through. And I, but I want to start from the very beginning. I always sound like I'm in the sound of music when I say that. Um, and, and I want to find out about you, Michelle. So where are you from? So I'm California born and bred. I was born in Northern California and had the typical uh, leave it to beaver lifestyle growing up. I uh, thought I wanted to go to Cal Berkeley and uh, at the time you applied to the UC system. I graduated high school in 83 um, and literally the day before I had to send in my application, I erased Cal and I put in UCLA, never having seen it. And I got admitted to UCLA, awesome four years in Southern California, but I also knew I wanted to come back to Northern California. Um, My uh, experience, all my volunteering, all my internships was always in communications and publicity and PR and media. And I ended up working at an ad agency after that. Um, but it all worked out because I've been doing media and marketing ever since. Uh, when I married my husband in 1995, uh, he owned a old five and dime store. Uh, oh, wow. Dad. And yeah. I uh, joked about he married me for my marketing skills because well, that's I. That's why everybody, every man's always after a woman for her marketing skills, right? <laughs> Yeah. So I took over the marketing and when his dad retired, uh, we started calling it um, the mom and pop store. And so I branded myself as the mom in the mom and pop store. And I love that. Wait, can I interrupt you and ask no. you what part of Northern California? So uh, our stores in San Francisco Okay. Oh I'm visiting um, you. I will be there okay. in like five, five and a half hours. Maybe okay. if I beat traffic, I'm kidding. My dear friend, Amy is in my room right now and she's from, she's from, well, the, she, Bay, area. the Bay area. Yeah. So big fan. Um, I, I love San Francisco. There's just like the most amazing energy. Like it's kind of like a New York city, but on the West coast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's nice that it's compact. That's the thing about LA versus San Francisco is LA goes forever and San Francisco, it's all bordered by ocean or bridges or. And you can walk everywhere, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My husband, I also wanted to point out, went to UCLA. Oh, yay. Okay. Go Bruins. Go Bruins. Um, So I, I love that story. So you have, you, you have the mom and pop shop. You became, your name then became mom. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then tell me like, when did you start a family? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, we, we started another business um, and also started a family mm. and our business was imploding during the dot-com bust. And I joked that I'd rather uh, volunteer for a nonprofit than own a nonprofit. So we closed our second store at the time and mm. had two babies uh, back to back. Trevor was born in January, 20, uh, 2000. And one, and Parker was born 4th of July, uh, 2002. And oh, wow. You got, yeah. you had them one after another. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't think you could get pregnant nursing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard that. That happened to my mom. I, well, cause you were, I, were they Irish twins? I guess so. That yeah. would be what you call it. Yeah. 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 Um, so you, so you got pregnant one after another and then had the babies, which, yeah. which I'm sure was a lot of work. Yeah. But, uh, it also put everything into one box. Like you could go see yeah. the same movies. You didn't have to go on different rides at Disneyland. It, you know, they they were almost 
twins. Uh, so it was very, you know, their growing up was very similar, which was easier for me. I liked yeah. it. Um, but we, um, we had so much fun when they were little. Uh, we still had our um, store in San Francisco. We opened a second Ace Hardware store in Marin County, where we live currently. I love Marin. It's yeah. Gorgeous. yeah, it's gorgeous. I yeah. really am coming to visit you now when okay. you just said that. We have, we, have extra, <laughs> we have an extra room. So Okay, so so you open your second location. Things yeah. were good, like happy. Great. And yeah. I was so I was the the co-chair of the mothers club. I was the volunteer coordinator at school. I was the vice uh, chair of the PTA, super involved, um, popcorn colonel for Boy Scouts. Uh, Jeff loved coaching the baseball team. Um, Jeff did a lot with the Cub Scouts with the boys. Um, You know, totally typical, super involved family and... Both boys were bar mitzvahed at age 13. Uh, matter of fact, it was in 2014 uh, yesterday. Uh, all the pictures came up on Facebook this morning and yesterday. Um, for which, must, which must be always difficult for you. <sighs> yeah, yeah. 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 So, So it seems like, and I think this is an important point to point out before we get into kind of the darker things. Um, I've heard stories about people saying, well, we weren't, I wasn't involved enough in my kids' lives. I didn't do the right thing. So that's why they turned to, you know, drugs or whatever they turned to. And for your perfect example of that's not the case, correct? Yeah, correct. And it's something that I get told to my face on a regular basis. And I now know that it's the narrative that's out there and I'm totally in their face saying you're wrong. Let me tell you why. Michelle, I'm so sorry to hear that. People can be so cruel, especially if they don't understand something, right? Correct. We all, we all as human beings are, I think there's a lot of kindness in this world, but there's also a lot of, I, I think people just don't understand. So they want to make comments that are just mean, hide behind computer screens and say the worst things. Correct? Correct. Absolutely. So tell me about what age Trevor was when you kind of started to have some issues and noticed that he was, he was on drugs. What, tell me this actual story because I don't know. Okay. So, um, Trevor, uh, started off high school and it was exciting and he got a girlfriend. He was really handsome, uh, tall, blonde, blue eyed, um, slender, um, and such a kind heart. And so he had a girlfriend his freshman year. Um, they broke up, um, toward the spring and then he told me one day, mom, I tried marijuana and I really liked it. And it made me feel like I fit in and everybody was really nice and they accepted me and I wanted you to know. I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you for letting me know. Um, well, let me stop you right there. That just shows what kind of relationship you had. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a 12 year old. I can't, well, God forbid, but I can't imagine my 12 yeah. year old ever coming to me and telling me that. Yeah. So um, I immediately wanted to know what this pot is because I knew I had heard that it wasn't the same as what kids when I was in high school or in college were smoking. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I learned that 
when I was in college, uh, most pot was two to four percent THC. And if you were lucky enough to score Maui Wowie, it was maybe six percent THC. And now the street pot, just the basic pot, is about 15 percent THC. So that's, that's a that's a current statistic. Yeah, but it's also gone up. And most of the, when you buy, for instance, if you buy from a dispensary, it'll show you the percentage of THC in the flower, if you call it, if you want to call it that, that's the the pretty word for uh, the bud. Um, And you can get joints up to, I guess the cannabis cup winner is 35% THC in a joint. And then they also have all of these different uh, derivatives of THC, tinctures, you've heard of people vaping Mm -hmm. uh, cannabis, and then there's dab, there's shatter, there's butter, which are concentrates up to 99%. So my head exploded at that point, and I realized that this isn't the same pot that I knew and it isn't just pot anymore. So I tried to educate Trevor about this. Um, and he, since he was just beginning freshman year, there wasn't a lot of education around. I had gone to the parent ed programs in middle school, but there mm-hmm. wasn't, I hadn't heard anything about this marijuana. And I know it wasn't just pot. So the first thing I did, because I had all this knowledge, is I created a website uh, called My Kid Smokes Pot, Now What? Wow. Still up there. And I haven't updated it since whatever year that was. Um, But the information is all still there. And it's worse instead of better. Um. The so I knew that Trevor's use wasn't normal. I remember the kids when I was in high school that were mellow, they were the stoners, they were laid back. Um, and friends that smoked, they you know, it just made them more loose and maybe got the munchies. But Trevor got violent when he was coming down. And all of a sudden, I had this lovely, sweet boy who would become a monster um, and punching holes in the wall and breaking things throughout the house. And it continued to get worse. So, so that. You, so, not to interrupt you, but yeah. do you think, like, do you believe, like, some people that, like, can handle smoking pot and they're fine, but other people, especially youth, their, their brains aren't fully developed. This is an honest question that I don't understand, but you must understand just the biochemistry in different people, right? So somebody could drink a glass of wine and be perfectly fine. And then another person can drink a a glass of wine. And then that's how the cycle of addiction starts. Do you believe that? I do. I do believe that addiction is a disease. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that the brain isn't fully formed until it's age 25 or yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. And Trevor was 15 at the mm-hmm. time. So mm-hmm. that's a far cry from age 25. Um, one out of six young adults become addicted to marijuana when using high potency THC. That's a lot. Wow. That's high. And Trevor, I could tell, had become addicted rapidly. And this is all science. This is not. Yes. Yeah. This is not hearsay. This is not. Um, what do they call us? The. Um, oh, uh, I'm forgetting the reefer madness people. They. They. I've been told I'm reefer madness, but I'm not. I. I know that a lot of people use marijuana legally with no problems, but I also know that marijuana is not good for people whose brains are not fully formed, especially a 15 year old. 
And then, and it's also a gateway drug, right? I mean, I'm, I, I'm not a anti-smoking pot um, as long as it's done safely or taking, I mean, I take personally take CBD every night and it yeah. has a very low dose of THC. Am I just admitting that on the podcast? Yes, I am. It's very low. Um, but I am with you. I don't think that anything should be legal for somebody that is under the age of at least 21, just because of all the research that's been done with knowing how our brains form and then that becoming a gateway drug to the next thing. Correct. So talk about that. Yeah. So, um, I believe that it's hard to say gateway drug. Okay. A lot of people will push back against that. However, there is causality with uh, almost every single person that is in active addiction started with marijuana. So you can't necessarily say A cause B, but Mm -hmm. if you're at B, almost everybody started with A. There, there's a movie, I hate to bring this up, but it reminds, it's very similar. It's with, um, what is his name? Now I'm blanking, but it's same thing. This young kid, parents very involved. Um, it's the guy, the actor, Steve Carell was in it and it came out. Oh boy. Yeah. David Sheff. So David Sheff lives here in Marin County. Okay. I've heard, I've heard David and Nick, his son speak. And and they're, it's so powerful to hear them. And thank goodness Nick is in recovery. um, And he is the first one to tell you that marijuana was his gateway drug. Yeah. I mean, that's in the film. And then I think there's a book as well, but it just when right away, when you started into the story, it reminded me so much of this. And I think for the parent, I have a lot of women that listen that have children. Um, this is something I'm so glad that you're telling me, especially having a tween yes. and you know, two little and an eight-year-old, that I think that parents have no idea. They're like, oh well, probably the same thing with you. He came right to you and told you it in his freshman year, right? Yeah, you probably exactly. didn't think anything of it. Exactly. This this is the one. The two things that I speak out about is, A, it's not just pot, and B, fentanyl is in, currently it's two out of five pills, and one pill can kill. So those are my two messages. So fentanyl, can you repeat that again for me? It's in? The CDC has found lethal doses of fentanyl in two out of five pills that they have recovered and tested. And that number is only increasing. When I first became an activist, it was one out of four. And now it's two out of five. And so I that's so disturbing to me. And to anybody that must be listening. So I hope so. I hope it is. I mean, this is a major, major issue. And and so why can you explain why that is? Sure. So fentanyl, we could talk, we could have a whole episode on fentanyl, but okay. in a nutshell, um, fentanyl is uh, what happened after the opioid epidemic stopped and people who were addicted to, to opiates still were in the disease of addiction, they needed something. A lot of them started with heroin at that point because it was cheap, but then uh, fentanyl was getting into the illicit drugs and the uh, drug dealers were realizing that fentanyl was a lot cheaper to make. You didn't have to grow anything. For instance, opium, you have to grow marijuana, you have to grow, but Fentanyl, you can make in a laboratory and you can turn over tons within just a matter of days, literally tons. And so they started adding it to, I don't know what the process was, but they added fentanyl to street pills, for instance, in order to get a higher high if you were already addicted. But it takes literally just a couple of granules if you aren't already 
using drugs and have a tolerance. Mm -hmm. And so literally a couple of granules is the only difference between life and death. And so now, especially during COVID, teenagers are looking for something to make them happy while they're depressed and alone at their house. And they're getting served ads on Snapchat, for instance, uh, get a Percocet, get a Xanax, get a oxycodone. And literally there is enough fentanyl in just one pill that is killing teenagers and adults all over the country. I just did an article yesterday for our high schools, and I said, I want you to know, this is an example of a 12-year-old in San Jose, California, that died. This is an example of my friend, my friend Amanda's son, Luca, who died in Redding, California at age 13. Here's another person at age 14 that died in Northern California. It's everywhere around the country. And it's not addicts. It is first-time drug users. It's kids experimenting. And teenagers have always experimented. I think if well, you talk it's to true. Like, friends. Yeah. Like remember going, to, I mean, I remember going to parties my freshman year in high school and drinking beer, you know, like yeah. that's what kids do. do. But kids now aren't living after they experiment, they're dying from these experiments. They don't, they can't share about their experiences because. So what, so tell me what happened with Trevor. Did he, was he one of the kids that just took a pill accident? What happened with Trevor? Yeah. So Trevor, Trevor had a hard time stopping using. We tried, we tried everything we could while he was under our care up until he turned 18. Um, We did send him to rehab, um, sent him to wilderness. Um, But he also said, mom, I like the way it feels and I don't think I'm going to stop using. And you can't stop a person from unless you you know straightjacket them and send them to a mental institution, which you can't legally do once mm-hmm. they're eighteen, um, even though they're your child. So um, Trevor um, did a lot better, and he wasn't constantly hitting everything in the house, and he even hit me at one time, twice actually. Um, Michelle, was this all pot or was he, had he moved on to other drugs at this point? It's almost all pot. He experimented, uh-huh. but his preference was pot. His, his drug of choice, I understand, was moking. And moking is when you put tobacco in with uh, pot in a bong. And so you get that double hit of nicotine and THC. And um, it's my understanding that that was the main thing. He would, he did try different things, but he kept on going back to pot. That Mm -hmm. was what he really preferred. Mm -hmm. Um, We heard from friends. So he went to, um, he did get accepted to, five Cal States and he chose Sonoma state just North of our house, about an hour North. Um, so he went off to school in the fall of 2019 mm-hmm. and we told him, please get involved. It, it'll make you feel more a part of the community, but he chose to, take the train or the bus home or not home because we never saw him, but he visited friends um, almost every weekend who were his friends that he would do drugs with um, mostly pot going to parties. Um, But I understand that one weekend in November, he bought some blue thirties, which would normally be, oxycodone, I believe it's an oxy. Um, 
and um, he used them with friends on Friday night. And then Saturday, he and a friend took the train back up to his dorm. And it was a girl, but not a girlfriend, because he made her sleep on the floor and he slept on in his bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the next morning, um, she posted on social media, I woke up and he was dead next to me. And I can't believe this. And so he had taken. How, how did you find? So did you see this on social media or how did you find this out? Yeah. So this is the continuing worst story, only getting worse. Okay. Um, so, so first of all, he did take that blue 30 before he went to bed Um Apparently, it's painless when you die from fentanyl. So I'm grateful that he died painlessly and quickly. Um, it literally takes 10 to 15 minutes for somebody to die from fentanyl poisoning, which is why the harm reduction of using when you have a friend near you, making sure your friend has Narcan, uh, why it's so important. But Bottom line, um, it was Trevor's younger brother Parker's football banquet that Sunday, the 19th, uh, 17th of November. And we were getting ready to go to his football banquet. And Trevor's best friend shows up at the house at six o'clock, just when we were going to leave. And we're like, hey, James, we got to go to Parker's football banquet. He's like, uh, oh, and he was holding his phone at the time. And he said, I better talk to Parker. And I'm like, okay, but we got to go. So he goes up and talks to Parker and Parker hollers down a minute later, mom, dad, Trevor's dead. Oh, no. I'm like, Trevor can't be dead. We would know that our son is dead. He's like, yeah, mom, he died earlier today. I'm like, no. And so they show us the Snapchat post that literally was timed six hours before. And I'm like, that can't be true. It doesn't say his name on the Snapchat. It can't be Trevor, but mom, it is. So I called Sonoma State. They said, I'm sorry, ma'am, we can't talk to you. I called the hospital, didn't get anywhere. Um, Called the coroner, left a message. Um, And finally, the coroner calls and said, I am so sorry, Mrs. Leopold. We called the Marin County Sheriff an hour ago and asked them to come and tell you in person. And I'm so sorry. I have to tell you this over the phone, but yes, your son died. Um, at some point last night, we called the paramedics were called and he was found dead at around noon today. And that was over six hours that my son was dead and nobody had reached out to tell us. No. So the girl fled the scene. Nobody. She was cooperative. She Uh was there, but she didn't have my phone number and she didn't know that they wouldn't tell us. It was just one horrible thing upon another. Oh, and also, I was going through chemo for breast cancer. Yeah, you told me that. So it was just a perfect storm. It was so bad. Anything else? I mean, the only thing that was missing was an earthquake at the same time. Yeah. You know, it's just, it was so bad. Uh, first of all, I am so sorry. I, just hearing that story and knowing what, knowing, I'm a mom, you know, like... <laughs> I might have to edit this. (laughs) I'm very sorry. Um, I'm going to edit this out. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. Just hearing 
that that's the way that you found out is just, it was so, I, I can't, I can't even imagine. And, um, that's your baby. So how many, when did this happen? November 17th? What was the year? 2019. So over two years ago, So this is fresh. It was in the, in, in the thick of COVID. No, it was right before, before COVID. Right before. Okay. So you were having chemo, just lost your son and then COVID hits. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D, designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So I, I, I just want to know like what that was like. The shock of, of, of fine. I mean, I know in a different way, the shock of finding out somebody dies suddenly. It's, it's yeah. the worst. It's the worst kind of pain. Total but, disbelief. Absolute disbelief. Mm-hmm. And it's not supposed to happen this way. You're not supposed to have your child die before you die. Yeah. It's absolutely out of order. And it's so wrong. And ironically, one of Trevor and Parker's best friends had died in July from a fentanyl-laced Xanax. It was the night of his... 19th birthday and he and his girlfriend had gone out and they had a great time. They went to a concert, but he took his annex when um, he got home and his girlfriend woke up to a dead body next to her that, you know, the day that he would have been 19 and one day old. And so Trevor and Parker both knew that one pill can kill and that that Xanax was laced with fentanyl. And, but yet that's another example of your brain not being fully formed. You don't have the ability to probably have the understanding that a fully functioning adult brain. Exactly. Right. To say no. Teenagers think they're invincible. Yeah. And, um, and, Trevor was also always looking for a higher high. You know, he would experiment is what I've learned. And I don't know whether he thought he was taking an oxycodone or if he thought maybe there was a little bit of fentanyl in that. I don't know. I'll never know. I also know, though, I was going to show you this. Our viewers can't see this, but I want to see it. This is Trevor's words, but he had gone to a a counselor on campus the week that he died. And he said, hey, I'm not doing great in school. Help me. And he had made a list. And the list says he had to withdraw school by Friday, December 6th. This was November, around the November 12th, 13th. He was thinking about getting a job in the meantime. He wanted to get connected, joining clubs. Um, 
he wanted to meet with a therapist or maybe even a psychiatrist and get prescribed some meds. So he was looking for a way out. He was. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. must be even harder for you because you. That's, that's why, that's why when we realized Trevor had died, Mm -hmm. I looked at my husband literally within the first 10 minutes. And I said, Jeff, we can't be quiet about this. We can't pretend that he had a heart condition. We have to say something. And when Trevor was in active addiction, I was in Narnon, which I was really grateful for that community and being able to share with people who understood. But I couldn't talk about my son because of the stigma around addiction, especially around the stigma of a teenager. Oh gosh, it has to be the parent's fault. And I couldn't say anything loudly. I I would happily offer my help to people who heard that maybe I could help them. And there was this secret underground communication happening. And I was grateful that I could help people that were in the same predicament that I was with a teenager off the rails. But it was Trevor's story while he was alive. So when Trevor died, I said Trevor's story is now mine to tell. And Mm -hmm. I need to be Trevor's voice. So starting from day one, I said, we need to use this so other parents don't feel this unimaginable pain of losing your child. And it's been horrifically one of the things I think I was supposed to do. I don't think my son was supposed to die, but I think I was supposed to take this pain and use my training in media, in PR, in connection. I've always been the volunteer connector. I've always been able to connect people, you know, whether it's PTA or Mother's Club or whatever volunteer organization I'm in, but I've always been the connector and I want now to connect and share Trevor's story to hopefully prevent other people from ever experiencing this club that has no name. There's a name for people who have lost their parents, their orphans. There's a name for people who have lost their spouses, their widows or widowers. There is no name for parents who have lost their children because that pain is so unimaginable. You can't even put words to it. How did you go? And did you, did you say to yourself, like my only option, because you still had Parker, right? Yeah. My only option is that I'm I'm going to make this my mission. Like this is my purpose. I say that I talk a lot about that, Michelle, about like life is a series of tests, right? Yeah. And like some, I mean, you went through hell and back. I mean, I can't even imagine. It's one of the most horrific stories I've ever heard. And then on top of it to be, having your own challenges with your own health. How did you pick yourself up to fight? And I ask this because so many of my listeners, I believe are in dark places or have are going through something, whether it be loss or something. And part of why I started this was to have stories like your own, to give people hope to be able to go on. So for me, you're an inspiration. I know you didn't choose this life. You didn't choose to be somebody's inspiration. Like you're an inspiration to me, but what made you go on? Was it, I have to go on for Parker. I have to go on and live in his, in Trevor's memory and stop other kids and educate other parents. Cause it sounds to me like that's exactly what you're doing. That is where I ended up. Um, So the beginning is horrible. And there's, I haven't talked to one single 
parent who has lost their child, who has wondered, how am I going to go on? Yeah. And there are horrible stories that many choose not to. But I am so grateful that I have Parker because he's already lost his brother. Yeah. And I can't imagine him losing his mother, which is also part of why I said I have to get healthy myself. I have to for him. And I'm so grateful for my husband who has been here and also suffering this unimaginable loss. So I, anyway, going back to the parents, we all have had that horrible, dark thought, which I understand you are very well acquainted with too. Mm -hmm. And I have told healthcare providers during COVID who have been screening me on the phone uh, for this or that, I have said, you need to know that every single parent who has lost a child has had suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. That is a fact. I have not met one parent who has not thought, how am I going to go on? Whether or not we act on it, that's another thing. But trying to figure out how you go on and what's your why. And for me, Parker is my why, but also the pain. I have to hope that by sharing my pain, it will prevent others from having this pain. And also it helps me to know that Trevor's death hopefully wasn't in vain by being able to say his name and remember him and be able to talk about what a daredevil skateboarder he was and how he was so proud because when he broke his arm, it was broken in three places and his picture in the ER went viral on Hall of Meat, which is Thrasher Magazine's Uh Instagram account. And it was this zigzag of an arm and he was so proud of it. And he was a crazy snowboarder and he loved snow and he loved his dogs. And I have an opportunity to share his life even after death by talking about it and by letting people know it can happen to anyone because all it takes is one pill. And now we have different groups of people dying from fentanyl poisoning. We don't call it overdose because people aren't trying to take too much. They don't even know that fentanyl is in it. So whether it's the six kids that were on the news recently in Florida from West Point that took cocaine and there was fentanyl in there, um, that was fentanyl poisoning. They were taking cocaine. They weren't taking fentanyl. Um, So that was- Or the stand-up comedian that- passed away or she's still alive um in Los Angeles with she was with several other comedians and they were at a party in Venice, California and she somehow survived but everybody else at the party died and the yeah. cocaine that they were doing was laced with fentanyl. Yeah. yeah. Or the kids in in our area. This is happening everywhere. This everywhere. Happening all over the country. Um I think you touched on in the beginning that and, and something I had a guest on, I don't know if you listened to this episode with Maeve McGrath and, you know, the, and people become homeless a lot of times by choice. Exactly. If, it's, if it's a choice to get off of drugs, they would rather sit on, sit on the street, you know, going to the bathroom in their own, next to their own waste than exactly. getting help because they are addicted. But then there's also like the stories of young kid, young teenagers in this area, young boy, like you said, few years, this happened like last summer. I think he was like 13 or 14 years old, never touched anything, you know, took one pill laced with fentanyl and passed away. Exactly. And that mom was in the same club that nobody wants to be in that doesn't have a name. Yeah. So let me, let me tell me because I love learning things, even bad things. 
right? This is education. This is so important. Before we started this episode, to be honest with you, I was like, maybe he was addicted to heroin and he just was doing heroin. And then it was lace. I had no idea. I did not know this about pot. I did not know. And and like, so what I must tell you is you need to keep sharing the story and, and this is in honor of him. And I will tell you this too. I don't know if you're spiritual, but I'm guessing you might be. Am I wrong? I'm spiritual. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I'll ask you what your signs are in a second. So get ready. But I, and I'm, I get emotional, which you know, because you've listened. He would be so proud of you. Like you're sharing these stories for, for a mom and my friend sitting here too. Like we both have kids. I had no idea. And I have a 12-year-old and it's terrifying to me. I probably wouldn't have thought anything if, you know, I found out she smoked pot. How do I know that my 12-year-old girl who I try to be involved with doesn't experiment? Same thing. And then she, so what you're doing is so needed. It's 100%. So thank you for sharing this. And also, I am extremely spiritual I talk about signs all the time. My sign is the butterfly that I know my best friend is with me. Um, he's got to be so proud of you. And he is. I know that. I know that. And I know that there's a reason why we met and we talked. So Trevor, the whole time he and I, well, growing up, Trevor always was a nature boy. He loved nature. And whenever we would hike, he would always find heart-shaped rocks and give them to me. Always. I mean, we could be in the middle of a desert and there's only sand around and he would find a heart-shaped rock. It was crazy. And now he sends me heart-shaped rocks all the time. All the time. And that's just one of the signs that I get. So where do you find that? I have to know this. I have not heard heart-shaped rocks yet. That's a first. Where do you find the heart-shaped rocks? Just walking down the street? Anywhere? Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. On hikes primarily because that's my self-care is hikes. Yeah. And, um, and it's gorgeous here. And I connect yeah. with Trevor on my hikes. But yeah. And I, I share... On Facebook, especially Trevor is everywhere. That's my hashtag about Trevor. And now my friends send me heart-shaped rocks and heart-shaped oranges and heart-shaped kiwi and heart-shaped uh, bird poop. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. And I love it. And we just say Trevor is everywhere. And um but Trevor especially sends me heart-shaped rocks and butterflies a lot, birds also a lot, and feathers. Yeah. Um, uh, the, I never thought I'd be a tattoo person, but I have a tattoo now of uh, Parker and I have matching tattoos, but we have a feather in our matching tattoos. Parker designed this tattoo. It's a, a breast cancer awareness ribbon, but I call it my overdose awareness rib- ribbon. And then it has a feather built into the uh, the tail of the ribbon, uh, reminding us of Trevor. And they called each other Bird, uh, the brothers and all of their friends. Hey, Bird. And so the feathers are really meaningful for us also. I love that. How is Parker doing? Because he's so young. He's- Okay, he's closer to you. He's down at Cal State Channel Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that he wears his fentanyl awareness shirts a lot. Good. He's Good. in a fraternity. Um, I love that he knows that Narcan saves lives. And he Can you is- talk about that? Can you talk about the Narcan piece? Because I don't think that people... I- might, they might not even know what Narcan is. Sure. So, um, so fentanyl is an opiate. Fentanyl mm-hmm. is a hundred times more powerful than morphine, and fifty times more powerful than heroin. Also, opiates. And Narcan reverses opiates. Okay. Um, 
So it can save lives. If somebody is suffering an overdose from, especially from fentanyl, then Narcan, which is, it's a nasal spray. Uh, Naloxone is the overall name of the drug, but Narcan is what most people are using because it's the easiest to uh, administer. It's just a nasal spray, one sniff in the one nostril, and that's all it takes to reverse all of the effects. And it has absolutely no effect on anything else. So you can, I could do it right now in my nose and I would feel nothing. Um, so how do they get access? Like, is this something that I know that I know that this is something that the government is like trying to get. I know that Newsom, for example, um, was trying to get this in different doses all over the streets. Do you know, can you touch on that? Do you know? Yeah, so I'm active on a couple of different levels around Narcan. Um, I do believe that it is really important to get Narcan out there. Um, What I was going to say about Parker is he is getting asked now from his other friends all over the United States, hey, man, how can I get Narcan? And I am so grateful for that because the young adults know that fentanyl is in pills and that Narcan can reverse it. But anyway, how to get Narcan um, in Marin County, where I am, um, our health department gives it out for free um, through RX Safe Marin and also the SPAR Center, which is the LGBTQ plus uh, organization. They are happy to give it out for free. We have vending machines at the jail and at another place in Marin County that give out Narcan for free. Um, if you go to your local pharmacy, no matter where you are in the United States, you can get Narcan Uh, Depending on where you are, I guess the regular rate is $200 for a two uh, spray dose. Um, And a lot of prescriptions for opiates now are being uh, given with a prescription for Narcan, which I'm very grateful for also. Mm -hmm. It's an excellent harm reduction strategy. Um, But Bottom line, I think everybody should just Google Narcan near me if you're interested, because there's some communities that there's still a stigma around Narcan because of the stigma around drugs. And so it's illegal to have Narcan in some places. Don't you think that's like so naive? I mean, it's so like you want to strangle these people because it's like. Yeah, it makes That's me like saying, so, I mean, I can't even think of an analogy because yeah, this is happening. I yeah. don't want fire extinguishers because there's arsonists around. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's harm reduction. Um, yeah. And I, I know, especially because I have now so many angel parents for lack of a name angel parent friends um, who literally didn't even know anything about Narcan before their child died from Narcan. And so it is so important to talk to the parents, make them know that this is a epidemic throughout the United States and it is killing our teenagers. And, it's okay to have Narcan in your first aid kit. It's okay to have Narcan in your car first aid kit. Um, and schools should have Narcan. And these are some of the awareness areas that I am doing my best to get the word out. What and- what can people like me um, or just like anybody, like what can we do to get involved and help make changes? So. For starters, one of the things, if you have young kids, is find out what they're teaching in your school. Make sure that your school is talking about one pill can kill. There's wonderful angel parents who live in Pasadena, uh, the Turnins. Their son, Charlie, was at... uh, Santa Clara University up here, up north, Northern California, and he died from one pill 
right before he graduated from college. And they have laser focused on getting out the word to young adults that one pill can kill. And they created Song for Charlie. And that is a great place to start. And they have everything from TikToks to social media posts that you can share to curriculum that you can share with your middle school, with your high school, with your college. Um, They have been partnering with different groups at USC and UCLA in getting information out about fentanyl poisoning, test strips, which there's a whole chocolate chip cookie effect. Test strips are, um, there's fentanyl test strips, but they are originally made to test urine and to see if fentanyl was in the urine. So it's not a perfect science, but it's something is better than nothing. So learn about fentanyl, just like I said, learn about pot. Mm -hmm. Um, and my focus and my education is primarily on teenagers. Trevor wasn't an addict living on the street in 10 years of active addiction. Sadly, I know a lot about that now because of my activism and, and Maeve and I actually have even communicated and she's going to call me after the podcast. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love that. That makes yeah. me cry. Yeah. So I love that, Michelle. And may, and by the way, for my audience, which I, t- I taught, I told this story the last time, like people come into people's lives for a reason. Like I believe Something. that a hundred percent. And, um, and Maeve, I caught I, a lady I interviewed. Her name is Denise Klein. She's an angel. She runs, um, she runs Milestones Ranch in Malibu, California. And, sh- and I told her about Maeve and then she talked to Maeve and her mother to try and help Ryan that Ryan wasn't ready at the time. Ryan is now, I, I said this the last podcast, but I'll say it again. According to Maeve, like a week or so ago, he has now agreed to take his bipolar meds and he's off the streets. And to honestly know that you are ha, have reached out to her, like I can't tell you how much that means to me. Good, good. Thank we're, you. We're grateful to have connected too. And I want to wonderful I want Denise, and I want Denise's book when it comes out too, because again, the the adult addiction part is something I don't know. And I want to know yeah. about all of the different recovery resources that she talks about in her book. So, so you are doing your part connecting us also. So I want you to know. Thank that. you. That makes me like, honestly, you made my entire day, Michelle. And um, can people, are you okay with people following you and reaching out to you? Yeah. Uh, Facebook is best for me. Okay. What, is, where, what is your Facebook? So I use my maiden name in my Facebook. It's Michelle Savke Leopold. There's a lot of Michelle Leopolds, but there's only one Michelle with a really weird middle. Can you spell that for me? (laughs) Sure. S-A-E-V-K-E. Okay. And um, I, I post a lot publicly for sharing at this point because I have a lot, um, of important posts, in my opinion. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Keep doing it. And I had no idea before we started recording, yeah. no clue about any of this. So one of the things that I'm really proud of is um, I've been able to share my story with some of the high schools in the area and the uh, newspapers, the high school journalists said talking to the angel moms about their kids and about their kids' death was so important for their understanding of the epidemic that's happening. And the teenagers now are elevating this crisis amongst themselves. One of the boys uh, wrote such a great article that it's been awarded on a national level uh, about being such a great article about 
drug use and death and fentanyl awareness and using cannabis as a young adult. And a handful of our students in our community are leading a program on fentanyl at the end of the month on Zoom. And I am so proud. So that, for instance, is right now at the top of my Facebook page. Okay. Well, I want everyone, I this podcast to me is, I, I would say, probably the most important one I've ever done. And I'll say that because um, I've done, I think this is my 63rd. Every story is special to me. Every guest is special to me. Many of my guests have become my dear friends. One's in the room. <laughs> um, um, that your story needs to be spread and shared because it's terrifying, number one. And obviously you are a great mom. And honestly, if I could, if I could get my hands around the necks of those people, because I'm Irish and Italian, Michelle. And you honestly don't want to mess with me if I'm on your bad side, because I will go after you and I love a good Karen. So I'm not afraid to go off on a Karen ever. So um, keep keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I have to lighten it a little bit, but I'm so proud of you. I think, I think your story needs to be shared. I will do my part. I will use my loud Irish and Italian voice in any way it can help. And hopefully it would be great to get you to come speak to our, the schools in Los Angeles in my area. So maybe I can help you with that. Great. Um, but in closing, I'm, I will think of you all day. I will pray for you. And I know, I believe this, that Trevor is with you. And he's like, my mom is a badass. And excuse my language, but you are, you're a freaking badass, Michelle. Um, and, and I'm just so proud of you. So in closing, I always close with the same thing, which is um, my dad used to say, be happy by making other people happy. And so I thank you for coming on. And I think that's important. You need to help other people. And I'll just close with that. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.